Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Votes for Damas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. Still to come, former FBI agent Nicole Parker, a Taylor and Travis sketch, funny lady Carmen Lynch, and Dax returns to the spotlight. And now, live from Times Square, the place where Kevin Bacon the pig turned his back on Kevin Bacon the person, here's that Kevin! Wait, what? what what's Kevin Bacon the... I, I heard about this. Kevin Bacon... A, a pig named, I guess, after the actor because the people that own the pig like him so much or something. They, they bring him home, they adopt him, and try to get him to go into the little, what do they call it when you put the pigs in? Is it a corral? I don't know. Is it a corral? So they tried to put him in the pig corral. And, and the thing just kept running away. And he, did, he, didn't want to, he didn't want to have anything to do with the pig corral. And he would go out and he ran off into the woods and then he would come back and like sneak back to get some food at night. And somebody would see him, he'd dart off again. And evidently this pig was like super fast. And then finally one day, like four or five days later, he just went back into the pen. That's what they're called, not a pig corral. He went back into the pen and they closed the door and that's he's been in there ever since. Anyway, that's the story of Kevin Bacon the pig. Let's go. For Assignment Desk Weekend, I'm Kevin McCullough. Let's get to the headlines. The Israel-Hamas war has continued to dominate Congress this week. Minority leader Hakeem Jeffries, seen here, swearing allegiance to Schmadolf Schmittler, indicated his caucus, the Democrats, would continue to defend its pro-terrorist members even as pro-Israel groups threaten to recruit and primary those House members who have been perceived as being anti-Israel. He quoted, outside groups will do what outside groups will do, but House Democrats will support each other. And it makes sense. I mean, if you've been the party that has advocated the killing of innocent babies for more than 30 years, what's the big deal about a few more in Israel? Squad member Rashida Tlaib, seen here begging for what she calls another Jewish Bloody Mary, has condemned President Biden for supporting Israel, which shouldn't be surprising given the fact that the terrorist congresswoman supports the terrorists who turn children into charcoal. It's rumored she's also now placing personal ads on eBay, trying desperately to buy a soul. 
Hunter Biden's ex-business partner has taken offense to Hunter's attorney decrying his recent testimony, calling the testimony of Mr. Bubulinski categorically false. In response, the business associate challenged the Bidens, Hunter, Jim, and Joe, to all come and testify under oath as he has. This picture depicts the moment that the president's son heard about the challenge and whispered to his father under his breath, you, you told me you took care of him. A new study has attempted to ask the age-old question, are cold showers worth the discomfort? Sadly, the study could not be completed because participants, upon finding out what they'd have to do to participate, usually responded bluntly with a, oh, hell no. In less than two months, a second teacher at a Missouri school has been put on leave for opening an OnlyFans page. Megan Gaither, seen here trying to look like Katy Perry, had an annual salary with the school of around 47000 and that included a stipend that she received for teaching young girls how to cheerlead. She said she needed more money, Hence the reported 125000 she's made on the adult website in just a few weeks seems to have helped. Meanwhile, Google is reporting that a sudden surge of searches with the teacher's name in the region where she lives by 6th to 8th grade boys is off the charts. Officials are unclear of any connection between the incidents. And finally, football tight end Travis Kelsey has taken some criticism about his performance on the field when Taylor Swift is not in attendance at his games. His average production is less than 50% at games where the mastermind is not in the stands. When asked if he's officially in love with the singer-songwriter, Kelsey replied that he'd like to keep his personal life personal. Assignment Desk Weekend would like to point out that keeping it personal would be much easier if she didn't come to games where he played 200% better because she did. But no worries, because we know at Assignment Desk Weekend, that's just how you kids born in 1989 are. It's your style to shake it off. And that even in the wildest dreams in Wonderland, you suburban legends are always worried if it's over now. Because even for new romantics, this love can in turn into bad blood now that we don't talk. So, welcome to New York. For Assignment Desk Weekend, I'm Kevin McCullough. all these new viewers. Oh, good. My new consultant's here. How you doing? Oh, hey, Roger. Hey, uh, remind me of your qualifications. I'm a middle-aged mom obsessed with Taylor Swift. Duh. Perfect. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Just uh, tell me all of your ideas. First, can we change the outfits? The uniforms? I mean, not the pants. Because you like the pants. Don't touch the pants. The pants are amazing. We're talking about, about I mean, wow. We'll touch the pants. Uh, pants are fine. Leave the pants. Message received. Uh, what else? Hear me out. 
ditch the helmets. Mm, but traumatic brain injuries are kind of thing. I know, I know, I know. But it's just that we can't see Taylor's boyfriend's cute little mustache. Okay. And I think it's so important to build that connection, you know? I think we need to see their faces. I hear you, but that would be dangerous. It is dangerous. It's way too dangerous. And you know, helmets protect your head. Here's an idea. Make it two-hand touch. In the NFL? Or... A dance off. Excuse me? You catch up to your guy and then it's like five, six, seven, eight, ba ba, ba ba, ba ba. And then the person who the crowd decides wins gets gets the gets the ball. And uh Swifties would prefer this. Yes. Well, that's good enough for me. Let's do it. What else? It would be fun if you started some chants that would line up with parts of the show. You mean the game? Right. So like every time Taylor's boyfriend has the ball, we chant one, two, three, let's go. Baby. Okay, yep, yep, I got it. I mean, what's next? Friendship bracelets? Amazing idea. Okay, so uh, new outfits, a dance-off, chants, friendship bracelets. Uh, so you're basically turning NFL games into a Taylor Swift concert. Wait a minute. Yeah? That's exactly what you should do. How do you mean? She's on tour in South America soon, you know. Oh, dear God. That means there'll be no, no cutaways of her. Unless you take the game to her. To South America? Yeah. You just fly the Chiefs and their opponent down, and Taylor takes like a... 20 minute intermission. We call it a halftime show. And you roll out a little football field and then the boys play real quick and Taylor gets to watch. So the football game is actually a halftime show for Taylor. Yes, you guys are the little sideshow and Taylor is the main event. Wow, do you really think that could happen? Oh honey, it's already happening. Hello, welcome to our NFL office. As you can see, it's the NFL because we printed out a logo on our printer. And we have my son's fantasy football trophy, which is made out of Lego. Made out of Legos. And our trophy for who wins the Thanksgiving basketball game. Yes. So, obviously, authentic um, set pieces here. So, here's the deal I have watched more football in the last two weeks than I have in. Ever. My 47 years. Yeah. I am here for the cutaways. I know it's very, everybody is so sick of seeing Taylor cutaways. So the reason I'm watching, guys, I just love their love. And like, if she doesn't show up in a game, I'm out. Anyway, um, more Taylor. It's NFL Taylor's version, yeah. is what I'm calling it. So that's a great idea. What are like, so guys, what and is NFL? Gals. Guys and gals, y'all, what is uh, NFL Taylor's version? Oh, good Lord, please help us. Don't make us sit through that. Kevin McCullough, still to come, Nicole Parker, Carmen Lynch, and Dax, straight ahead. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin. thrilled to have you with us and I am very excited to have back my next guest she joined us just a few weeks ago telling her story of how she got into uh, counterterrorism and uh, other work with the FBI uh, as a kind of side effect of 9-11 and what happened to our country and what happened in her own heart at that point in time she went from Wall Street to 
uh, the FBI. Very, very interesting story. Go back and get the podcast if you missed it. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome former FBI agent, field agent, Nicole Park. Hello, Nicole. Hello. How are you? I'm well. So we, there's so much to talk about, and we've got a lot of concerns that I want to deal with, and I want to kind of peel them off one at a time. You you dealt a lot with um, the immigration issue. You dealt with counterterrorism stuff. You 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 ran stings in the field. You were a, a field agent. You you've seen all of the best and the worst of the FBI. You're no longer there because of some of the uh, corruption that you felt like was tainting the work. We covered all of this in your last visit, and I'm really thankful that you're you're speaking up and speaking out. But I'm curious when you see the headlines of Hamas penetrating borders and killing 1,400 people. Now, remember, Israel is basically New Jersey, and you know the U.S. is the U.S. and they killed about half the number that Al Qaeda killed on 9/11 in one day uh, there. Uh, they still have hostages that we don't know where they are and haven't been released. We hope that they will all be returned alive, but we have no guarantee of that. As a former agent, what you're watching, what is your reaction to what you're seeing play out on your TV screen right now? Well, Kevin, um, I'm I'm crushed. I'm crushed. To see what Israel has endured is awful. Um, these are barbaric savages. Hamas has no respect for human life. You know, we're used to seeing terrorists, sadly. I saw the effects of, you know, what occurred on 9-11 in New York City. And to hear the awful stories of what they have done to those in Israel is just, it's incomprehensible, it's inhumane, and it is despicable. And I stand with Israel. I will always stand with Israel. We're being a little bit um, censor, self-censoring here in being polite. I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna peel the curtain back a little bit. But one of the things that um, Brooke Goldstein had posted from the Lawfare Project on her Instagram account was that video that has gone around where the Hamas uh, terrorists were were basically skinning the belly of a pregnant woman, and you could see the baby through the membrane. And this was before they. Like they kept them alive as long as they could before they killed them. That to me is like next level, incomprehensible evil that I've never seen before. And I didn't want to watch that, but I thought this is what they are doing and no one is saying how bad it is. I think it's important for people to be aware. I don't want people to see darkness and trauma and evil, but at the same time, you cannot put your head in the sand and ignore what's occurring because you have to take a stand. You have to decide where do I stand on this issue? And when you see how, like I said, evil and disgusting and inhumane and barbaric this is, I think you know that the answer is clear. It, it, you cannot side with the terrorists. Terrorists cannot win and they must be eliminated. From the standpoint of even the protection of Gaza citizens that are non-Hamas, and we know that they basically hold the population captive. Uh, they put the weapons in the schools, they put them in the hospitals, they, they launch the missiles from places where they know civilians are living. Um, how would you judge Israel's response thus far? I mean, they even dropped pamphlets before they uh, destroyed a few of the buildings early on in their response. But it seems to me that 
even Gazans' lives will be made better when Hamas is eliminated. But I'm not the trained agent here. Look, I mean, this is a complex situation. I'm not going to say that I know the answers to everything, but I do know that they are trying to give as much notice as they can to the civilians who are, it is not their fault. There are people that are innocent bystanders to this. It is not their fault. And sadly, tragically, when evil steps in and do, does what they have done, Israel has to fight back. They have to defend themselves. And so I think that they are trying to help as many people get out as they possibly can because no one wants innocent civilians to, to die and to suffer because of it. But at the same time, Israel has to take a stand and they have to defend themselves. And you've worked undercover, so you know how difficult it is to root out guys that are hiding in plain sight. Like, they just well, again, like and I, I'm not. I'm not saying things. I mean, I'm not going to say things that I've done or haven't done. But I'm just saying I think it's very clear right now that it's it's becoming difficult to decipher who is Hamas, who is not Hamas. You know, it's 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 complex. It's very complex. And and the holding of these hostages. I mean, that's something that there's a reason when you're a hostage taker, there's a reason that you hold hostages and they know that they are using these individuals as a bargaining chip. And they, when they released those two American hostages last week, that wasn't a coincidence, the timing. If you recall, the timing was less than 24 hours after the president of the United States came out and said, we stand with Israel. Right. Now, you notice that they released two American hostages. They didn't release two Israeli hostages. Well, I don't think Hamas wants to be stuck with American blood on their, like, they're, well, they're, they're going to get enough. That, right, that, but I think it's also important to realize they're trying to change the narrative here. Hey, look, we're releasing hostages. What, are you going to come in on, on a ground fight on us now and we're in the midst of releasing hostages? Because if you don't, if you come and attack us, you're going to, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to end up it, it, it's a whole way of shifting the narrative into, look, we're, we're trying to cooperate with you. Look, we're releasing hostages. These are American hostages. They want people to, they don't want to look as bad on the world stage as they do right now. And look, if we just kind of trickle out a few hostages at a time, it can shift the narrative into, again, creating it so that the Israelis are the bad people for defending themselves, the and that's problem, exactly what they want to do. The real problem for everyone in the region is really Iran because they give Hamas the money to do what they do. They give them the missiles. They give them the, the resources. Um, Iran hates Israel. Iran hates the United States. Um, Iran wants to be rich and have nukes. Uh, I don't think they can be trusted. Um, but this is a much bigger issue than just the, you know, goat herders from Gaza. Like, I just don't think that the um, the the terrorists that aren't that smart, that will just do what they're told and go perform all this evil stuff. I don't think they're the, the real big problem on the stage. And that's what I want to get into next, because um, it's one thing to watch all of this happen there, but it is coming here. And I am concerned about what uh, is coming across our border and what is happening on our college campuses and in our biggest cities. We're speaking with former FBI agent Nicole Parker, who is uh, with us, and we are coming right back. Uh, stay here. Ready or not, we'll be right back.
Back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Uh, welcoming back Nicole Parker, former FBI agent who you see on TV and here on radio and uh, lots of different shows. Um, she has spoken out recently about why she left the FBI, but her story of becoming an FBI agent to me was personally inspiring. And I'm grateful that she's a patriot and someone who loves her country and wants it to be kept safe. And Nicole, that brings us to this part of the conversation. Almost immediately, in fact, uh, Mayor Eric Adams, who I don't agree with on much of anything uh, here in New York City, uh, I agreed strongly with his very strong statement of denunciation of Hamas, support for Israel, and said that um, really the despicable people were the people in his own city who celebrated as the attacks were happening. And we saw this all over the place. There were uh, communities that said, yay, what Hamas has done is great, and Israel finally got what it deserves. And they went out and had parades and gatherings, and now they've had protests. In Brooklyn this last week, there was an enormous protest put on by the people. Not one mention of Israeli um, of the attack against the Israelis or the atrocities committed against the Israelis, only uh, demanding that Israel stop its retaliation. And this is this is catching fire on college campus after college campus now, which I think is is polluting the discussion even further. We have a seeming nexus between uh, Russia, China, Iran, and North Korea at the present time. And Iran is funding the Hamas war. Uh, Russia is funding its war against Ukraine. Um, it seems like we're on tinder hooks. And I don't I don't I just don't think it would take um, the world by that big of a surprise if somebody that had been able to access our country illegally in the last three years uh, and maybe put a network together to carry out attacks here on the on the homeland. Um, what are your well, thoughts about and, 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 and in continuation with that, look, I, I witnessed the terrorist attacks on September 11th of 2001. And guess what? We didn't have an open border back then like we do now. And we still had people inside of our country that were going to flight school here in Hollywood, Florida, that were uh, ended up flying airplanes into the World Trade Center. So it doesn't even necessarily take an open border. What I'm saying is it exponentially makes it substantially worse and a higher threat and a higher danger that you have that in addition to existing threats that already existed here. I think a lot of our country has shifted heavily in the last several years to a position of seeing domestic terrorism as the number one threat facing our country, because that's what you've heard over and over and over. That's what's been in the public. That's what you've heard. I can tell you, I sure hope that the Bureau is all hands on deck with what's happening now with foreign terrorist organizations that may have appeared to be dormant for a substantial period of time. Maybe you didn't hear about them in the news like you have other things. But I can tell you, terrorists don't sleep. They don't rest. Just because you don't hear about it doesn't mean that it's not going on behind the scenes. So you have to be aware and alert at all times. As a former agent, I can tell you that the FBI does have a strong, that is their number one priority, is to protect the United States from a terrorist attack. Of all the investigations, everything that they do, that is the FBI's number one priority, is to prevent another September 11th of 2001 from occurring here ever again. And I sure hope that the resources are now being heavily focused on foreign terrorist groups as they have been on domestic terrorist groups, as you've seen in the last several years, because I can tell you there are people that hate this country and they would love nothing more than to attack us. And so all hands on deck, tips are coming in very, you know, Christopher Ray, the FBI director has been out there saying, yeah, the tips have, have gone out the roof 
as far as potential threats in the United States, they have to sift through every single one. Every single one has to be addressed. You don't know which one could be the tip that might lead to something dangerous. And guess what? There may be a tip that never comes in. And you have these lone offenders that are using this as an opportunity. They're thinking, you know what? This is my moment to shine. I can get on the world stage and I can do something very dangerous and, and harmful and, and, and hurt people. This is a very difficult time and we have to be alert and aware. Those of us here on US soil, we have to watch our backs. You've got to be vigilant. I know that they're amping up law enforcement presence in front of synagogues, in front of mosques, all different sorts of religious affiliations are targets. And it could happen here on our own. Look, after what I saw September 11th of 2001, I realized anything is possible. And it was awful and it was tragic, but it taught me to never underestimate evil. But at the same time, Kevin, never underestimate good either. There are good people there. Out, We, we are united. We love this country. We love our allies. And we will stand up for what is right. And yeah. just don't get so overwhelmed with negativity. I always want to give, I want to be real. But you know what? There's always hope and there's also always light. So pick what side you're going to be on. I hope you choose light, choose goodness. But there is a little, there's a battle between good and evil going on in our world. And we all need to be aware. We need to be vigilant and we need to be making a difference in our communities where we can. That's so well said. Uh, Nicole Parker, thank you for your time. Thanks for being with us. Pleasure. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back from New York. Ready or not, we'll be right back. Comedy stage. Here's Carmen Lynch. My parents are retired, and when your parents retire, all they do is call you all the time. They have nothing else to do. They just want to talk to you. My dad's like, "We went to the park today. What did you do?" I'm like, "I went to therapy and talked about you and mom for an hour." <laughs> I love therapy. Do you guys go to therapy? Is that a thing? Some of you do. Good. Most of you just hike. Okay. That only works for a little while. You're going to have to go to therapy eventually. I love therapy. I love complaining to someone who can't leave the room. And I can tell my therapist wants to leave. I can see it in her face. She's tired. I've been there for so long. I just like staying and talking to her, you know? She's 75 years old, so she can't get up. It's perfect. She even analyzes dreams, which is so fun. I tell her my dreams. She tells me what they mean. She told me that everyone that shows up in your dream is you. I know, isn't that crazy? They're all you. So one night I had a dream that this big brown bear was chasing me. And then I woke up and I was like, I need to get a bikini wax. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like a crazy bear from the 70s, you know what I mean? It was just a bear, calm down, it was just a bear. Some of you get it, some of you still don't get the joke. Just ask 
ask your friend after the show. I'm trying to like be better about things, you know, doing things right. Like I run a lot. I just don't like to run alone. So I yell fire and people run with me. You just have to change the neighborhoods around or people stop believing you. They're like, you were already here. Two things I'm avoiding this year are gluten and conflict. That's it. No more gluten and conflict for me. So if somebody offers me a beer, I'm going to say no thank you. It has gluten in it. And if they're like, stop being such an idiot and just drink it, I'm going to be like, okay. <laughs> I like to read quotes. You know, like I'll go online and read some quotes. Like I read something like, I forget, like... Nobody's watching. Oh, I forgot what it was. Dance or eat? Dance? No, it's dance like you don't eat the money. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm also trying to focus on the present moment. You always have to stay present. You know, if you, if you think about the past, it causes depression. If you think about the future, it causes anxiety. So just always try to stay present. Ah! Like that moment? We were all in it together in the present moment. Together. It's that easy. My friend can't do it. She's like, I can't stay in the present moment. So I punched her in the arm really hard. And she was like, ouch, that really hurt. And I said, right when you said ouch, that was the present moment. And she's like, but you hurt me. I'm like, now you're dwelling on the past. Do you need me to punch you again? <laughs> I love my friends, though. I think they're great. My best friend's on Vicodin because her mom has really bad back pain. And... <laughs> Please laugh at all my jokes. I have scoliosis. <laughs> Any doctors here? They never come out. No. <laughs> I love doctors. They're so great. Does anyone else confuse medical attention for love? <laughs> I mean, the other day I had a very handsome doctor come up to me. And I was sick, and he goes, how are you feeling? And I was like, I love you too. <laughs> I mean, how romantic. Sometimes I'll go to the doctor's office for one thing and I'll find out something else. Like I had chest congestion and the doctor was like, your kneecaps are high. <laughs> what? I just wanted to let you know that your kneecaps are high and you need to strengthen your quads. If you strengthen your leg muscles, you don't put pressure on your knees and your kneecaps, they won't get any higher. What? <laughs> I was like, how high are they going to go? <laughs> I don't even want to do these leg exercises. I just want to see where my kneecaps are going to go. I could use a new bra. <laughs> I don't even go.
go to hospitals, I go to urgent cares. They're so much more laid back. Hospitals are so anxious. They're like, take these antibiotics for seven days, you'll feel better. Urgent cares are like, do you want antibiotics? I can get you some. <laughs> Which ones do you want? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. He's like, neither am I. <laughs> Your kneecaps are high. <laughs> I believe in Jesus. <laughs> Especially when there's turbulence. <laughs> I'm so scared of turbulence. And you have to believe in Jesus up there because it's like his area. <laughs> I get so scared of turbulence, you know? I hold on to the armrest. One time it slipped and I grabbed the thigh of the woman next to me. By accident, she got so weird about it. I was like, I'm sorry. But then I wasn't afraid of flying anymore. And now I was just afraid, like, what if it happens again? <laughs> What if there's another burst of turbulence and I kiss her? <laughs> I was upgraded recently to first class. I never get upgraded. I don't even know what it's like up there. They're so different. The flight attendants care about you so much. This flight attendant came up to me and she's like, is there anything else we can do for you? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I'm not usually up here. What are my boundaries? Can I get a bikini wax? Can you explain Lord of the Rings to me? right back. gentlemen, once again, the singing, songwriting, and rapping skills of the nation's number one artist this weekend on three different genres charts. Here is the artistry of Dax. This life gets real hard and sometimes you may feel you're out of place. You may think this time then blink and find it's gone and you can't waste. You gotta drink, go hold, embrace it, close your eyes and walk by faith and go today. Don't wait, go today. Don't wait, don't wait, go today. Life is crazy, it could switch up in a second. School of hard knocks taught me how to deal with my aggression. I was never one to cry, my face was blank with no expression. Had to keep a strong face, go to war with my depression. I was hurting inside, battling with my faith. But God ain't never gave me nothing. Make it stronger through the pain To appreciate the sun after the rain We got a reminder that it gets better with time And we got one life to live And it's guaranteed that we die So when we open our eyes and take a look in the sky Just be thankful to come to the day yeah. This life gets real hard And sometimes you may feel you're out of place You may think this time Then blink and find it's gone And you can't waste You gotta take a hold Embrace it, close your eyes And walk by faith And go today Don't wait, don't wait, go today. Go today, don't wait for tomorrow. It isn't promised.
honest all the time you got borrowed don't live your life for other people don't bottle your emotions till they crack and fill a cup with your sorrows i take your mind and refocus go get a paper write your goals out throw your middle for fingers at all your haters add some hard working on top of it makes it consistent prayer say you're never gonna quit sayonara and see you later because i gotta remind that we not meant to survive we meant to live in the moment and make the best of our lives so when we open our eyes and take a look in the sky just be thankful and come to the day this life gets real hard and sometimes you may feel you're out of place you may think this time then blink and find it's gone and you can't waste you gotta take go hold embrace it close your eyes and walk by faith and go today Simply put, it's a song titled Life from the artistry of Dax, who is coming out of nowhere. He's on the country, rap, and all genres charts at the number one spot on iTunes for most of this week. Uh, and not that song, that's another song that he's done. But if you, if you go and look at some of the stuff that he's done, he's done duets with all of the major rap stars, some of the major country stars, and uh, seems to be a man of faith himself and very, very strong messages of self-reliance and self-determination and individual responsibility in his lyrics. Good, a good influence in the rap genre and glad to see him out there doing his thing. I'm Calvin McCullough, so thankful to have had you here with us, and I hope that you'll be back next week for a brand new edition of That Kevin Show.